Okay, um, two weeks ago, um, we spun out, if you like, into a two-part mini-series called uh, Family Chat. And the reason for that is there are a couple of things that were on my heart to talk to us about as a church family. Um, so since we began uh, back in 2017, we've talked about being a family on the move. And what we mean by that is actually a couple of different things. Uh, you know, I, I really don't like uh, religion much, which um, might surprise you because I'm supposed to be uh, a pastor. But religion, as I know it, um, it puts people in boxes and it makes them operate by a set of rules. And it says, if you do this, you'll get that. And actually, the spirit of religion is, opposed to, is, is, is actually opposed to God's work of grace in our lives. Because of Jesus, we don't need to earn our way or work our way into the good books. Our names are already written in his book. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of what he has done for us. And you know, the, the enemy tries to take the good news of what Jesus has done for us and, and wrap it all up in religion. Religion that will hold us tight and control us and weigh us down. Uh, but the good news this morning is that we don't need to be weighed down by religion. We haven't been invited to be part of a religion. Uh, we've been placed in a family. God has placed us in a family, his family, a family uh, that grow together and learn together and make mistakes together and sometimes have to forgive each other for those mistakes as well. And in good families, uh, we know how to celebrate each other, uh, but we also know how to challenge each other so that we grow up and become more like Jesus and more effective in our callings. And that's what we talked about two weeks ago, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And we talked about crucial conversations. And if you missed that, you can go back uh, and listen. In fact, that was two weeks ago um, that we talked about that. If you missed it, you can go back and listen in on SoundCloud. Um, so we're constantly growing and we're on the move, so to speak. We're a family on the move. And we've put up our seals and we're on the move as the Spirit of God moves us. And we don't want to settle. We don't want to sit still and stagnate. We don't want to get stuck in the harbor. Because we've been invited to participate in his mission, which is the great co-mission. Uh, we've been invited to partner together with him in the renewal of all things, to make uh, disciples of all nations. And right here, right now, we've got a very important part to play. We can't do it all by ourselves, And that's why there are lots of wonderful expressions of churches and nations all over the world and all over this nation uh, who, have, uh, uh, who, who, who are also kind of co-laboring with us in the great co-mission. Uh, but we have been called and given, given a mandate to love those who come our way to serve and wash the feet of our city and to share the good news of Jesus with those around us. If you've ever been on a bike ride, uh, you'll know what it's like if your chain com comes off and all of a sudden uh, you just get a little bit stuck. Um, and it might be, if you're going at speed, it might be quite drastic. You might come off your bike. Uh, but Needless to say, you need to sort out the chain because you're not going to move anymore on that bike until you sort out that broken chain. And so really last week and this week are just a couple of thoughts I have on how we can stay 
in motion, how we can continue to be a family and a people on the move. And perhaps if you feel a little bit stuck in some stuff, maybe today's talk uh, will help you get unstuck so that you can play your part in the great co-mission. And you know, one of the most common ways any one of us will get stuck in is unforgiveness. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. Not because I think we have a problem here, but I think that it's good to remember because we, 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 we do, as we do life together with Jesus, we're going to do lots of forgiveness. So we've got a key phrase uh, this morning, which you'll see up on the screen, and that key phrase is forgiveness from the heart. And we're also going to center around two key verses of Scripture as well. Uh, both are found in Matthew chapter 18, which as a chapter deals mostly with this topic of forgiveness, which is so important to understand and put into practice if we want to stay free and remain healthy, fruitful disciples of Jesus. And uh, over the weekend... Um, I'm sure those of us who uh, knew of Tim Keller will have heard the news that he um, went to be with Jesus, um, surrounded by his family over the weekend there. And uh, Tim Keller was a prolific Christian author who um, has written many books and, uh, and lots of times we've quoted him here and across the body of Christ. He has been uh, so helpful in, in helping us to tell God's story. Um, and... Uh, Really interesting that the last book that he wrote before he went to be with Jesus was all about forgiveness. Um, and it's such an important message. And so I really would encourage you uh, just to be attentive to what the Holy Spirit might want to say and to reveal to you this morning as we, as we talk about this. Uh, so our first uh, key verse this morning is from verse 18 in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18. And it says this. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And this verse is often used out of context here, where people think that this whole uh, binding and loosing thing is just about dealing with demons, but that's actually not what Jesus was getting at here at all. He was talking about forgiveness. And as a, as a family of believers, we, we share a, a common problem. Um, sin is the common problem that we all have. We're all broken in one way or another because of sin. And when it comes to sins that are committed against us by other people, forgiveness is what we need. Forgiveness is the supernatural exchange that we need. Forgiveness is the way that we deal with other people's sins against us. But despite the fact that you can read about forgiveness in, in countless self-help books and all that sort of stuff, our culture actually knows very little about true biblical forgiveness. We have an earthly definition and understanding of forgiveness, but biblical forgiveness is actually supernatural. What we bind on earth, we bind in heaven. And what we release on earth we release in heaven. Forgiveness is a supernatural thing. When we uh, give our lives over to Jesus, uh, for the very first time we did something on earth which had a heavenly effect, and God did something in heaven that had 
and earthly effect. There was a supernatural exchange that took place as our names were written into his book. And as followers of Jesus, as we continue to journey with him, uh, we're to keep bringing our sin and brokenness to him on a daily basis. And we're to keep exchanging our stuff for his love and forgiveness and hope and peace and all that we need moment by moment throughout the day. John Wimber used to say, the way in is the way on. The way that we came to Jesus, the way that we first met him, that great exchange that we have, it's just the first of many exchanges. The way in is the way on. And we're supposed to keep walking in that way with Jesus day after day where we keep bringing our stuff to him and receiving what he has for us in return. Supernatural exchanges involves our will and his power. Uh, and when we're dealing with any sin that's being committed against us, uh, we need a supernatural exchange. In this case, that's forgiveness. Forgiveness from the heart. And that key phrase this morning is important. I'm going to unpack that a little bit more later. Forgiveness from the heart. Forgiveness from deep within our heart. The way our culture tends to view forgiveness is as something that makes us feel better or something that restores a broken relationship and brings about uh, reconciliation. But that's not actually biblical forgiveness. Uh, biblical forgiveness isn't inherently about something that takes place between two human beings, but rather something that takes place between heaven and earth and between earth and heaven. It's more about uh, an exchange between uh, the offended party and God than it is between the offended party and the offender, if you get what I'm saying. It's between us and God. It's between heaven and earth. And that's a relief because the offender uh, mightn't even be alive anymore. They mightn't be in our lives anymore. They might live in another country on another side of the world. And uh, we mightn't even know where they are. Uh, and they might not even want to talk to us as well. But that's okay because biblical forgiveness is between us and God. Jesus, will you take this? We lose something to him. And in return, Jesus says, I release you from the effect of that sin that was committed against you. And it's loosed in heaven. Forgiveness is a, a choice to release a person to God, recognizing that God is the judge and it's not us. And that only God has the right and authority to determine discipline, judgment, or revenge. In fact, that's too heavy for us. We can't actually deal with it. That's why we need to step in or let God step in and let him be judge. Because we can't handle it whenever we try to play judge. So I uh, want to kind of give you a little bit of a scenario uh, this morning to kind of help us uh, walk through this and, and understand this. Um, so let's say uh, I had a teacher in school who emotionally abused me. Thankfully, I didn't. But let's say I did. Uh, and, and, for, and for lots of us this morning, um, like there, there will be moments um, that you can think back to, you know, maybe throughout your childhood or as you were growing up that actually caused deep pain uh, and deep, deep hurt. And, um, and actually, as I was kind of doing some work um, yesterday afternoon, um, 
on some of the kind of branding stuff that we we released earlier this morning. I was listening to um, Marcus Mumford's uh, album at the end of last year called Self-Titled, um, and powerful collection of songs, um, starting off with just brokenness of how he recounts a childhood experience um, where he had been abused. And, uh, but as it moved on, um, he, the, the lyrics just released forgiveness as he, as, he, as he sang about forgiveness and he sang uh, about how he forgave. Uh, I release this to you, I release this to you. And uh, powerful. And uh, I just kind of was listening to that by accident yesterday. Um, I, wasn't, I didn't put it on because it had anything to do with what I was speaking about this morning. But I think God might want to say something to us this morning through all this stuff uh, of forgiveness. There's no coincidences there, um, I don't think. So let's say I had a teacher in school who emotionally abused me. He picked fun on me, or he picked on me, he called me names, he constantly derided me and made fun of me in front of everyone in my class. Uh, He even had a derogatory nickname for me, and it was just a horrible, painful, experience that affected my sense of worth and value as a person throughout those formative teenage years. And here I am years later, and I'm actually beginning to see a bend in my fishing rod. Something below the surface is holding on to me and causing me to have these emotional reflexes and reactions that trigger any time anyone in authority says anything to me that could be remotely embarrassing. Let's say my boss uh, and work says something fairly harmless to me and a teammate in front of my colleagues, but instead of reacting uh, normally to that, I have this surge of anger which rises up within me. And before I know it, my arms are folded and my body's tightening up and I'm getting defensive. Do you ever have those reactions and you're like, why did I just react like that? I don't understand why I just did that. And often those are extreme emotional reactions because something below the surface is hooking and there's a bend in our fishing rod. And whenever that happens, that's an opportunity just to invite the Holy Spirit in and out and just to ask, Holy Spirit, I don't really understand what's going on in there. I don't really understand why I just reacted in that way. But I know that you do. I know that you can see below the surface, even if I can't because I've stuffed it down so far and I can't see it, but I know that you see it. So Holy Spirit, Would you show me what's going on there so that we can deal with that? I need you to come here and free me. And as we do that, uh, those memories uh, from the classroom, as I invite the Holy Spirit in and that, those memories from the classroom, they flood back to me. Uh, And I remember this teacher who treated me terribly. And what I need to do is I need to forgive. Uh, I remember one time, um, well, and I can think of more recent, <laughs> more, more recent examples as well, but I'll give, you, I'll give you an older one from maybe about 10 years ago or eight or nine years ago when Rebecca and I were away at the caravan and, um, on, a, on a summer holiday together. And um, uh, I, I put on these like sunglasses and uh, Rebecca made fun of me and just kind of having a bit of a joke. Um, it wasn't particularly nasty. Um, it wasn't nasty at all, but I took it um, in a bad way and I got quite defensive. And it was just like so like out of the blue. Like, and I was, even I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> and, uh, 
And I actually, I, I'd kind of uh, listened to a talk like this not long before that, and so it was kind of fresh in my mind. And um, I took myself into the bedroom, the other side of the caravan, and um, I sat down on the bed. Holy Spirit, I don't know what just went on there. <laughs> I don't know why I reacted in that way. But I know what you do. And I just waited and invited him in on that. And what came flooding back to me was, was these memories of um, somebody who was a friend of mine, but um, actually went to the same church as me whenever I was growing up. But he used, to, he used to mock my appearance on occasions. I don't know how he could ever do that, you know. <laughs> but uh, he did, and actually it had a profound effect on me. And, and years later, it still had its scars. And I was still reacting in a way whenever somebody made fun of how I appeared. Um, there was a bend of my fishing rod, something below the surface was hooking, and I needed to deal with that. And there was a moment of grace there to actually do some forgiveness, to release some stuff to Jesus, and to let him speak his truth over me. Um, so uh, there's an example from, from my life of what that looks like. Um, and of course, um, any time we do that, any time we release something to him, um, anytime we lose something to him, we let go of it, we give it to God. And as we do that, uh, we want to have our hands open uh, so that we can receive back from him in return. Uh, anytime we let go of something and leave it with Jesus, he doesn't leave us there empty-handed, right? He wants to give us something back in return. It's a supernatural exchange, okay? Exchanging our bad stuff for the good stuff that he wants to give us. We're letting go of the sin and the bad fruit in our lives. We're letting go of the offense against us. We're letting go of how it made us feel. We're letting go of the lies about who we are that we've come to believe and have stuck on us like a bad smell over the years, causing no end of emotional turmoil. We're letting go of all of that. And in exchange, we're receiving the truth about who he says we are. Jesus, he used to call me this. I, I let go of those lies. What do you have to say to me? Would you tell me the truth about who I am and how you see me? That's just one example to give you some handles on what true uh, biblical forgiveness might look like. It, it might be a teacher, it might be a parent, it might be a colleague. It might be your brother or sister. It might even be a husband or wife. It might be your boss. It might even be somebody here in this room uh, today. Um, and really, uh, none of us are immune to being hurt. We've all been sinned against many times over. And so whoever and whatever it is, it needs to be dealt with in a biblical way. That's the normal Christian life. And these exchanges are uh, just as powerful as the exchange that happened. Excuse me. These exchanges are just as powerful as the exchange that happened when we gave our life to Jesus in the first place. Did you hear that? These exchanges that we do with Jesus on a daily basis, when we need to release something to him, they're just as powerful as the first exchange whenever our names were written in heaven. There's power in this. Forgiveness has to do with making an exchange with God. We're binding on earth and having things bound in heaven. We're binding up the bad fruit of that sin. 
releasing on earth releases in heaven. It's a supernatural exchange. It's not stuffing it down and sweeping it under the carpet. It's dealing with the sin in a biblical way. So uh, true forgiveness, true biblical forgiveness, it's not a choice we make. It's an exchange with the living God who has the power to release us from the effect of that sin, the bad fruit that that sin has resulted in. You see how that's uh, totally different from our cultural interpretation of forgiveness. And when we uh, don't forgive, uh, we don't release to God. And the consequence of that is we aren't released from the effects of the sin against us. And when we do that, that's just like being held in a prison of unforgiveness. And we don't want to be there. Unforgiveness, that's, that's our way of usurping God's job. When we don't forgive, we say, God, I'm going to judge this one. My judgment and my punishment is that I'm going to hold it against him. But forgiveness, in contrast to that, is just like tearing up the bill. We're handing over the, to the offender, to Jesus, and we're walking away because we can't handle it. One question we might ask is, so I'm, I'm just supposed to let it go and that's it, as if, as if it, it, it didn't matter that, that he hurt me? Listen, uh, forgiveness uh, doesn't mean that what we're saying, that ha- it doesn't mean we're saying that what happened was okay. It wasn't okay. Please hear me on that. Those sins that have been committed against us, they weren't Okay. It's just that we need to relinquish the right to judge that person and leave it with God so that we can be separated from the power of that sin. Because we can't hold it. We can't play judge. Only God can judge. It's also important to remember that often forgiveness works a little bit like the layers of an onion, if you like. Uh, Sometimes with uh, really deep hurts that we've carried for a long time, uh, we need to keep bringing that hurt and pain to Jesus one layer at a time. Uh, Just keep exchanging our hurt and pain for as long as we need to until eventually there's nothing left of that onion. Uh, About 18 months ago or so, there was uh, somebody who who had just really hurt me and, um, and I had to work through Uh, lots of forgiveness there and that was not a one-time conversation there was lots of conversations with Jesus as I just let him peel back the the layers of the onion and heal my heart and actually uh, ask that he blessed the person who hurt me and it took a while before I felt like there was nothing left of that onion so sometimes It's a little bit like that. But when we exchange the sins committed against us and loose it to God, then we do see powerful results. It will liberate us. It will set us free. Another question we might ask is, uh, should we forgive even if that person never says sorry to me or never repents? 
Yes, we should, is the short answer. Because it's not between the offender and us. It's about us and Jesus and the power of sin. Now, uh, oftentimes when we're dealing with this sort of stuff, someone might say, well, uh, I forgave him, um, but uh, nothing happened. I didn't feel any release from that. I'm still angry. Uh, and sometimes it's just because we need to go and, 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 uh, uh, and actually peel back some more layers of the onion. And we need to just keep coming to Jesus until uh, he's, he's got right to the core. Uh, but sometimes it's just because we haven't, it's just been mechanical, it's just been an intellectual thing. We haven't actually forgiven from our heart. And the key to understanding that's found in our second verse, which is Matthew 18, verse 35. You can see it up on the screen. It says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The key words there being from your heart. In other words, what Jesus is saying is not just that we need to forgive, but we need to forgive from the heart. We need to forgive from the place of hurt and from the place of anger. You see, uh, hurt and anger are the two uh, biblical responses to sin. And we actually see both in Jesus. We see the sorrowful uh, response in Luke chapter 19. If we go to verse 41, we see that Jesus looked over Jerusalem and he wept because the Pharisees and the people had resisted and rejected his message. Their hard, stubborn hearts broke the heart of Jesus and it caused him to cry uncontrollably. There was real grief. There was real pain. And that's actually a normal response when others sin against us. Notice how he didn't try and just stuff it down. And there was anger too. We read on a few verses in Luke chapter 19 and there he is driving out the traitors in the temple courts, tipping over the table. Now I don't know about you, but that constitutes anger in my book. So hurt and anger are the biblical responses to sin. It's what we all feel when we've been sinned against. And uh, true biblical forgiveness, as Jesus said, is not from the neck up, okay? It's from our heart. It's from deep within us, from that place of hurt, from that place of anger. And sometimes that means that we need to go back to that. We, we need to go back to those places. We need to remember how it made us feel. That takes bravery. That takes courage. Sometimes our pain is so sore that we just stuff it down. We try and suppress it. But that's no good because when we try and do that, it's going to result in some bad fruit in our lives. It's only just going to leak out. It's just going to create toxicity for those around us. It will come out one way or another. So it may as well come out in the presence of Jesus. So let's say I say to you, uh, James, and there's no James here this morning, there's no Thomas either. James, uh, you need to forgive Thomas. And you reply, okay, I can do that. I forgive him. Sounds like my kids sometimes. <laughs> the problem with that is all we've actually done is make a choice in our minds without involving God and without allowing him to meet us in the place of our pain and hurt. And nothing comes of that. That's just our cultural understanding of forgiveness, but it's not actually 
the biblical understanding of forgiveness. It's like when you uh, go to pull up a weed, right? And if you just pull it out from above the surface, that thing's going to kind of come back before you know it, and it's going to come back worse as well. It's going to spread. Uh, but if you want the weed gone for good, you need to get down deeper, and you need to deal with the roots. We've talked a little bit about unforgiveness. Uh, if we don't forgive from our hearts, then hurt turns into despair and anger turns into bitterness. And that's when we get into trouble. And what I would say about this is we need to be careful that we don't stuff things down and either don't deal with them at all or just delay it for months and years. On the other hand, we don't want to rush through it in an intellectual fashion either. We need to invite Jesus into our hurt and pain so that we can forgive from the heart and so that we can receive the healing that we need. Do you know what I mean about rushing through to tick a box rather than actually engaging with Jesus? Tommy, have you forgiven your father? No? Okay. Repeat after me. I forgive my father. Okay. I forgive my father. Great, Tommy. Let's move on. What's wrong with that is it's not actually forgiveness from the heart. True biblical forgiveness is an exchange. We actually give the pain and hurt to God and receive the love of God back in return. And without that, we're being shortchanged and we won't actually grow as whole, healthy disciples. It won't make a difference. So for our friend Tommy, uh, he might want to actually take some time to ask the Holy Spirit to remind him how those sins actually felt. He's maybe buried those roots deep down, but it's the roots we need to get at so we can do forgiveness from the heart. True intimacy uh, with Jesus, it happens as we allow him to have a window on what's actually going on in our hearts and allow him to meet us in the place of deep pain and hurt. We sang this morning, now for the real thing. Hey, no more superficial nonsense, eh? We want to be the real thing, that actually uh, bear our vulnerabilities with Jesus. We want to have a relationship with Jesus. We want to go way past religion. We want to just crush religion, because it's no good. Pretend they never think it's okay. But we actually want to have real relationship with Jesus. We want the real thing. True intimacy with Jesus happens as we allow him to have a window on what's really going on in our hearts. Because he wants to journey that with us. He's our friend who we can rely on. He'll never let us go. He'll never leave us or forsake us. And when we learn to do this well, our hearts uh, become soft, fertile ground, Perfect for growing good fruit. So maybe for you there are things coming to mind uh, right now that you need to journey with Jesus and forgive someone who has sinned against you. You don't need to go digging. But do listen to what the Holy Spirit might want to say to you over the next couple of days and weeks as you spend time with him in his presence. Perhaps as we go into a week of prayer and fasting, there's maybe some things that the Lord's just saying, hey, it's time to get free of that. It's time to let that go. 
And maybe you might want to just invite somebody to come pray with you. Well, that's this morning. The prayer ministry team can come up at the end later on after we've worshipped and, uh, and you can get some prayer. Maybe just during the week of prayer and fasting, you might want to just quietly go grab somebody and ask them to pray with you. Or maybe you want to get a coffee with somebody and just journey that. Don't hold it. Because he has more for us. We don't want to be held back, tethered into the harbor. We want to have our seals up so that we can move as he moves.